What up? We are back again today in the studio, and it is time to get the ball rolling. What up? We are back again today. Super happy. Uh, a little kind of taken aback. I had to spend most of Sunday uh, thinking about what I was going to say to you guys today. Uh, usually I record this on Sunday so then I can publish it Monday morning, but this has been a little crazy. Uh, this weekend has been something I had not planned for. I don't know if I was mentally ready for what happened uh, starting on Thursday night and going all the way through uh Saturday, uh, even Sunday was a little rough for me because uh, my Buccaneers lost, but it was kind of crazy. I don't know. Like I said, I don't know if I was mentally prepared. There were so many things going on, and there was such a uh, a good vibe around college football. I was just so happy. I was like, man, this is amazing. Um, I guess I was really sad that the University of Utah lost. We'll get into that, but I don't know if I was ready for it. And this week was just one of those weeks in college football that you just know. Uh, when you know, you know, and it was a great week, and, and it was crazy, and I was like, oh my gosh, there's so much football. At one point, I had, I believe it was eight football games on the TV. I had four on my TV, I had two on my uh, laptop, and uh, I had one on my phone. I was watching football all over the place, and I had a couple on my wife's laptop too, so... It was uh, it was such a great week, and like I said, it I was not ready for it, but now it's come and gone, and we'll see what we're going to deal with, uh, what the the consequences were of last week, and how uh, that impacts the CFB, you know, CFP, I guess, uh, college football playoff race. Uh, we'll see some of our games of the week. A lot of them were were really close. And it really formed a picture for us. So, uh, you know, and, and we're back into that fall feeling. It snowed in, in northern Utah. Uh, down here in St. George, it's a beautiful 75 degrees. And so uh, we're really getting into fall weather now. And it's it's been something really, something that I really like. So let's get into it. Um, the games of the week this week, we're going to dive right in uh, into the FBS and the first game of the week, uh, we will be talking a little bit more in length in the, in, uh, the FBS, uh, the next episode and stuff, but that was the Michigan Wisconsin game. I don't want everybody to overreact to this, this game. Um, I want people to realize that Wisconsin is a very good football team. They're good. Uh, yes, they were down last year, but normally they're they're a really good football team. And uh, I'm not a huge Wisconsin fan. I thought they got a couple of breaks uh, early in the game that set them up. I mean, like, people are always ready to jump on Jim Harbaugh, but they don't even, like watched the game itself and I spent most of the time uh well I watched you know those those games and I was like I was like oh my goodness like they fumbled on the you know on I think it was like on the five yard line on their first drive and and so you're okay well then you know Wisconsin gets a 14 nothing instead of 7-7 seven, seven. uh and then on the the next drive after they score uh the rest I don't understand it completely botch one of the calls where it should have been a catch and uh, it would have put them, I mean, it would have put them at the 50. It doesn't mean that they would have scored, but it stops. There were a couple of drive stoppers and there are a lot of things like that. So you're like, Oh my goodness, Michigan was down this and this, you know, that onside kick 
and there were just so many things that could have that could have went Michigan's way, and they didn't. It just happened to go Wisconsin's way. So everybody is, you know, so quick to jump. Oh man, Jim Harbaugh is a terrible coach. He hasn't done anything in Michigan, and like, I mean, come on, let's not make that our our story about this this year. Let's try to find something a little bit more original because Michigan really is a good football team. I think they have some issues at quarterback, but they're still a really good football team, and we'll see that as we go forward when they play Sparty. When they play Notre Dame, when they play Ohio State, and then we'll, we'll check up on that. And if and if it's legit and it checks out, and they win all three of those games, I'm pretty sure everyone's going to not be talking very much. So anyway, and then uh, on Thursday night, I released the FBS the uh, podcast the the day after. But you know, Houston ends up losing to Tulane in a dramatic fashion. Tulane wins. I've told you guys about Tulane. Uh, I uh, I love that team. I love Justin McMillan. I love the fight that they showed. It looked like Houston was gassed at the end of the game, and it was so much fun to watch. And I was so happy, so excited. Just, I guess, I, I guess, I was a little emotional in in a sense because I knew that they were kicking butt, and it was great to see um, Tulane get that win. Uh, I haven't looked uh, this morning. They should have the 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 AP top 25 out, uh, pull top 25 pull out. I'm really hoping that Tulane is in that conversation. All right. Now we're going to get into our questions that we had. Uh, first off was the Georgia Notre Dame game. And it was, you know, who is the real Georgia? Uh, are they going to be able to compete uh, at a high level? And they did. And Georgia, I think, if they obviously, if they don't lose, they're going to have to you know, play Auburn. They're going to have to play Florida, and their season definitely is far from over. I mean, you have eight more games plus, you know, SEC championship game plus, you know, uh, playoff spot, right? But um, but one of the things that I saw with Georgia that really impressed me was their fight to win. It was a close game. And not to take anything away from Notre Dame, I just don't think Notre Dame's there yet. I don't. I know that, you know, in the back of the voters' minds, they're going to think about last year and how they got completely obliterated. We don't want to watch that. I'm sorry. Um, I don't care any team out there. Even if they are undefeated, the, Notre Dame was not one of the top four teams in the nation last year and they got in because they're Notre Dame and they went 12 and 0 and you know they beat Michigan at the first year and then other than that they didn't play anybody like they always do and and then they expect they go well why are we not in the national championship Uh, well because you got blown out 38 to 13 and now I've heard people were like oh well Clemson said that Georgia or Notre Dame was their hardest challenge of the season it wasn't the national championship well it doesn't matter they're just saying that they can just say that just to troll alabama uh i mean come on that's not let's not believe everything here so i as i as i kind of depict this i don't think that notre dame should be considered they're not ready yet they're a big pretender in this whole conversation they may only have that one loss and then it's going to be very tempting to put in but they have a facade it is not a really good team uh there are some holes georgia exposed it in the towards the end of the game in the second half understand that they played them tough but georgia i mean gotta understand georgia only sees notre dame every once in a while you don't prepare it's the same thing as i go through with independence same thing i go through with byu you cannot prepare for them it it's basically yeah i was it meant 
meant something, but it doesn't mean anything in the SEC race. I mean, and if and if Georgia loses that race, it goes, oh well, Notre Dame's a good team. We can, and they're they're not out of the conversation. So honestly, there's a lot of things at play. I think mentally uh, with Notre Dame, and I just don't really like optics, I guess, of of the, you know, putting Notre Dame in the national championship uh, conversation. Uh, I They're they're out now for me. They shouldn't be considered. I would rather take even a two-loss Alabama team or a two-loss uh, LSU team, uh, even a two-loss Auburn team as, as of last week in, uh, over them. All right, we're going to be moving on a little bit quicker now. Uh, next up was Nebraska and Illinois. I said, can Nebraska win on the road? And you know what? They got bailed out. I know I'm hard on Nebraska, and I've you know, uh, made fun of them a little bit. I guess not made fun of, but I've, you know, called it to some people's attentions between, you know, my friends, my family, and some members of the media. I said, how are, how are you guys jumping on this bandwagon so fast? And now everyone right now is telling me, oh, look, they're three and one. Well, congratulations. You beat South Alabama. Uh, you beat Illinois. <laughs> you lost to Colorado. Like, is that, is that really, is that really what we're hanging your hat on is a win against South Alabama? at Nebraska, and you won your first road game, you should have beat Illinois a lot worse than what you did. Um, and Illinois had a, play, play, uh, a place to win, and at the end of the game, I don't care what you say, it was a pass interference call. I'm going to complain a lot about the rest this week because I think this was probably the worst ref week I've ever seen in college football. But no, the the corner completely turned around the wide receiver. He gets up, he's, he's you know, livid. I understand in the game you don't want to make that call, but... You know, Illinois was on, like, their 25. If you move them up, it's on their 30. Give them four more shots. Uh, Nebraska, at that point, had kind of dominated the game, and I figured Nebraska was going to win no matter what, but it was that was a, a really bad missed call. Um, but you know what? They got a, a road win, and congratulations on playing on the weakest part of that conference. I mean, they're going to play Wisconsin. They're going to get obliterated. Uh, next up was the ACC, uh, Florida State versus Louisville. Um Hornibrook, uh, Alex Hornibrook actually played for FSU. Julian Blackman only, uh, he was benched. Uh, Hornibrook went 15 for 20, uh, had 255 yards, two touchdowns. And I was really impressed with Alex Hornibrook in the game. Uh, the only thing I, I kind of wrote down in my notes about this game is that Louisville isn't there yet. Scott Satterfield is getting them. He's having them compete, which is extremely uh, encouraging if you're a Louisville fan. I understand that uh, during the Lamar Jackson uh, years and stuff, you you expected to win, and, and and rightfully so, you should expect to win. And Louisville will get back to that. I don't know if it's going to be this year. I think they're going to get a couple of wins. I think that they can, that they can compete with you know a team like Wake Forest, a team like Boston College, even Syracuse. They can compete with. And those are three. You know they're they're going to be pushing bowl eligibility, Louisville, but they're not. And and Florida State isn't an overwhelmingly like good team. Uh, they're a decent team, but they're just, a li- they just look like they were a little bit, they were a step faster, uh, a step better blocking, just a little bit better uh, than, than Louisville in that game. But Louisville is almost there. So Louisville fans don't jump ship. It might be a year. It might be next year where you're a little bit more confident when Scott Satterfield has had himself. But I love that coaching staff. I love what he did with Appalachia state and look what his kids did on Saturday. Not going to take anything away from Elijah Dirk, Wits, but uh, you know what? That was Scott Satterfield's kids. He recruited them, and look what they did. Um, next up, we will be discussing. Oh, Big Twelve. Uh, honestly, it was the Texas Oklahoma State game. Texas ended up winning thirty six to thirty. 
I never felt that Oklahoma State was going to win this game. I thought they played really tight. Um, I, I kind of forgot about Oklahoma State, I guess, just because they haven't had... Sorry, that was big young. Um, they haven't had... Uh, a defense, I guess, in a couple of years, and you kind of forget about them. They're they're always there in the Big Twelve, and they're always going to make a little bit of noise. Uh, they're always going to score really big points. It's a little bit different. Their quarterback is a baller, and um, I was really impressed with him. Uh, Chubbard, their their running back. I talked about all these guys in the first game when they played Oregon State, and I said I don't I don't think it was just because it was you know because it was Oregon State. They were actually really good. I was really impressed impressed with uh that team and and i said at the first year watch out now they played against texas it was on the road that was a tough uh environment to do so but hey you know what they 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 were close uh texas just looked like a little bit better of a team and i understand that texas lost that game against lsu but uh texas is not out of the the college football playoff conversation for me they're good uh next up is the utah usc game uh obviously you guys know i'm a university of utah fan and i will be discussing this a little bit more in length about the pac-12 and the pac-12 refereeing i guess it was a terribly terribly poorly called game i mean usc i believe had 12 penalties utah had 16 I went through the rest of the, I went through the rest of the, like the games, right? Well, the big games, big, you know, you know, SEC versus SEC, SEC versus Pac-12. Like I went through all of like the big games in college football. There was only one other team that had been penalized outside of the Pac-12, uh, a Pac-12 that wasn't a Pac-12 team that had been penalized ten times. Okay, Utah was penalized 16. There were multiple times in that game where they called holding calls that were just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, if you look at that game, you're looking at it, you're like, oh, yeah, Matt Fink comes in. Well, they didn't prepare for Matt Fink. They prepared for Slovis. Uh, They're like, oh, well, Michael Whitman had 272 yards receiving. Well, congratulations. There are a lot of times Matt Fink, I honestly think he was just had his eyes closed, just throwing the ball up and just chucking it because that's what it looked like. Now it's on Utah to be able to come up. They just played down to their level of desperation. But I was not happy with the way Utah played. They played a very conservative game, but there were multiple times. And they and I read an article and it said that uh, you know Utah needs to get its holding calls uh corrected. Their line isn't as impressive. It, there was only one holding call on their offensive line. There were two on their wide receivers and two on their tight ends. There are five holding calls. Are you kidding me? And guess how many against USC? There's one. So you're telling me that Utah holds five times more than USC? No, that doesn't happen. I'm sorry. Six penalized sixteen individually times. That's ridiculous. Very, very annoying that 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 happened. Understand that Utah's now kind of out of the race, but uh, kind of sad. And nobody's talking about it because nobody really watches the games. They want they want to ha- have the highlights and they they call how they see it right uh, afterwards. Very, very poorly wrapped game. All right. Um, going into the American Athletic, uh, that was a UCF pit game, and I said, you know, this will be a big win. Uh, what is U- UCF going to look like coming off of their win against Stanford? And honestly, it looked like Pitt had won the national championship the way they were celebrating, and they beat the 15th-ranked team. And it was I like, I mean, like, congratulations to them on a win, but I was a little kind of taken aback by how much they were celebrating. Like, did it really mean that much to beat UCF in a non-conference game at home? I mean, like, you didn't – you you. Uh, 
you're an ACC team, number one. You should have been demolishing them. They came to your house. You should win. And it was a freshman quarterback that carved you up in the first place. It was embarrassing. Honestly, Pitt, that was that was terrible. I know I, I kind of sound grumpy, and maybe it's just because it's in the morning or whatever, and I had to go to class here in a little bit, but like it, it was it was ridiculous the way that you were you were celebrating. You didn't win the national championship. Congratulations, you beat UCF. Yeah, it was the only, you know, uh that's their first regular season loss in, in two years. Like, yeah, congratulations. But what did that game mean to you? You know what? How about you focus on beating, you know, North Carolina, Virginia, Virginia Tech, Miami. And, and you know what? And if you beat those teams, you beat Duke, you beat Virginia, and uh, then you can party like that. But beating an American athletic team at home by one point really shouldn't be uh, absolute celebration where you're jumping in the stands, the football players, Pat Narduzzi saying that, oh my goodness, these guys are, they're such fighters. They, this was a, the game we had circled and all that. Like it was, it, I mean, I was like, wow, this is kind of ridiculous. Again, nobody talked about it, but that's just kind of how I saw it. I was like, really? You're going to really partying over being UCF? Is this, is this real life? Are we kidding me right now? Kind of laughed at it a little bit. Anyway, um, next up was Air Force Boise. Uh, Boise State basically had the, the command of this game, and I was really impressed with Boise. Again, Hank Bachmeyer, uh, a true freshman. As the year goes on, you kind of forget about that. He looks like a man uh, amongst boys. He does not look like he is going to struggle uh, this year. He still makes a few freshman mistakes. I watched a little bit of it, uh, of the game, flipping it back and forth between the Utah-USC game. And I was impressed. I uh, watched a little bit of it later. I had it recorded. Very impressed with uh, Hank Bachmeyer and that Boise State team. Uh, I think that they could potentially, I don't think that they'll be getting in uh, a CFP bid, a college football playoff bid, but they're a good football team. Uh, the next one was Law Tech against FIU, 43-31, Law Tech won. Uh, Law Tech is definitely on the on path to be able to knock off a couple of Teams, I guess they had to be Southern Miss, North Texas, or UAB. They're kind of sitting uh, at the four spot right now. We'll see if they're going to be able to, but that was a big win against FIU to get on track. Uh, the next game up was the MAC game of the week. It was 16-20. to 20. Kent State beat Bowling Green. Uh, Kent State had 750 yards. 375 on, on, on passing and 375 on rushing. Uh, and Bowling Green only had 360. So, you know, Kent just absolutely... Uh, destroyed on that game. Congratulations to the Lone Fascists. And then finally, we had Coastal Carolina against UMass. Coastal Carolina won 62 to 28. And uh, Coastal Carolina outscored them 330, or uh, outperformed them with yardage 636 to 329. It was the most points uh, in the FBS era for Coastal Carolina. Uh, next up, Coastal Carolina is at Appalachian State, and UMass is home against Akron. So, Again, kind of an exciting week in college football. Uh, a lot of things happen, and obviously I'm going to call it how it is. I don't like to necessarily talk bad about my, my team. I was disappointed in Utah, obviously. Michigan, I felt like they made some mental errors. Uh, not really impressed with the quarterback play there. I will say that. Uh, just kind of to wrap this up, Texas looks really good. I cannot wait for the Red River rivalry uh, because I honestly think Texas, Texas right now is top five for me. And 
I know that people are like, well, where do you put Ohio State? Um, Ohio State, you know what? If you want to beat your chest and and feel good about being down 5 nothing to Miami, Ohio in the first quarter. I understand it was in the first quarter. But, you know, congratulations or being outperformed by FAU in three quarters, 21-17. to 17. But, you know, because he scored four touchdowns in the first quarter, you know, just things like that. I mean, like... Uh, once when we get a little bit more into the season and we get into these conference games and coordinators have seen each other before, and that's, that's the biggest thing, I guess. And that's, what's frustrating, you know, like for these, for these, you know, independent teams, Notre Dame, BYU, Army, UMass, New Mexico State, Liberty. It's like these teams, they do, these coaches, they don't see your style. Maybe once, you know, every other year, you they don't play the same teams every single year, and you don't have that consistency. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, Michigan, Notre Dame, they played each other, and so they should know each other. But, like, Georgia, Notre Dame, Georgia played them once, you know, two years ago. Now they, you know, renewed that uh, this year. And, you know, were they really prepared? Well, no, because they don't really know the coordinator. They don't understand the kids that they have. You can watch as much film as you want, but Georgia's preparing for teams like Florida, like Kentucky, like Tennessee, um, Vanderbilt. Those teams is who Georgia's used to preparing for. So it's a totally different curveball when you throw, you know, Notre Dame at them, and I, I honestly think they need to get rid of the independent conference, if you want to call it that. Uh, I don't like the independent. I think it's a dumb uh, move everybody into a conference, uh, and then it will be a little bit more fair across the board. I'm sorry, Notre Dame, BYU, if that uh, you know probably upsets your fans. Some of the fans like it, but I think they need to get rid of that. Anyway, so uh, next up, we're going to be taking our uh, a little bit of a break brought to you by uh, Anchor, and then we will be moving on to the FCS and what happened there. So stay tuned. Let's keep the ball rolling. Moving on to the FCS this week. Uh, it was another great week for them as well, as I kind of described uh, in the FBS. Um, my wife just turned to me and she said, you're kind of grumpy today. You're kind of raging about a couple things. Well, it's because I'm passionate about it. I'm sorry. Uh, I love the University of Utah. I was disappointed in the in the officiating. I was frustrated with that. And honestly, I think Ole Miss fans can be frustrated in the officiating as well. Uh, I thought that it was ridiculous that Pittsburgh was celebrating like they were. Uh, I watched that game towards the end of it, uh, the second half of that game, and I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, and just some of these other things I'm fired up about. I'm passionate about it, guys. Uh, I hope you guys know that as well. Uh, just just know as, as, as listeners that I want to say it how it is, and uh, that's just how it's going to be. And, and I'm gonna, I want to react the way that I feel is, is, is right. So... Uh, maybe I am a little grumpy, but what we're going to be moving on to the FCS now. Uh, we're going to talk. We're going to be a little more optimistic uh, in this part. Uh, we had a couple of great games, and uh, we'll we'll save the overall uh, F, uh, FCS uh, game of the week for the last one. We're going to go right into Towson versus Nova. Um, I followed this game very closely. Uh, I checked my phone about every five minutes. It was kind of annoying because. Uh, they didn't change very much. Uh, 
as I was checking it. I mean, I checked it so often because I don't have Flow Sports. It was it was broadcast on Flow Sports, and I really wanted to watch this game. Uh, Villanova starting out very very strong now. Uh, Villanova beat Towson uh, by a score of fifty two to forty five in overtime. Uh, you know, the season isn't over for Towson, and the season has just begun for Nova. I kind of was like, at first I had my reservations about Nova. Nova is a really young team. Had them on this uh, podcast series. If you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that that podcast. But I talked about it. I said, hey, you know, how do you coach youth? And they are like, you know what? We really don't know how to coach youth. This is going to be a very uh, interesting uh, dynamic that we have as a coaching staff. And I said, okay. Well, that's good to know. I, I want to, you know, hear how it is. And they, you know, the coaching staff there is is really impressive to be able to get these first four wins. I thought the game against Colgate, I was like, okay, you know, that was one game. Uh, and then they had a couple more, you know, really quality wins. And I'm impressed with this Villanova team uh, going on the road and beating Towson. That is a big, big task. Um, I think Nova has now been able to... Uh, you know, I always say, you know, high jump or pole vault themselves into the, the top 15 because that's just kind of, you know, them kind of jumping over a couple teams that I had them, uh, you know, behind. Nova was behind, but they, they ended up winning overtime. I think Daniel Smith is a great quarterback transfer from Campbell, and we'll see how uh, this season kind of rolls on with them. But they might be that main, that success story where they go, you know, five and six last year, and all of a sudden they're, you know, winning the conference this year. We'll see how it rolls on. They have a really uh, tough test this next week. Obviously, every week in the CAA is tough, but uh, very an impressive and, and signature win for that program as we go forward. Uh, next up was the Colgate versus Maine. Maine ended up winning 35-21. to 21. And uh, I guess it was uh, Maine... I love Maine. I love their their helmets that they put on the, the other day. I absolutely loved that. And I guess like with Maine, I think that they need I don't know how to say it. They 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 won the game. Uh Colgate Grant Brenneman, their quarterback, is is out. I don't know when he's set to return. I really wish I knew that because that definitely impacts how Colgate plays football. And we'll see what happens, but Oh, I was just I was really impressed with some of the the players on Maine. Uh, they got a couple of kick returns. They were lucky on that matter. If you know you take those kickoff returns away, it's you know 21-21, and you're like, okay, where are we getting these points? Colgate is still a really good football team. People do not sell your sock on this team. I still think they're going to win the Patriot League. They, I mean, Holy Cross has looked okay. Georgetown has looked okay, but Colgate, uh, despite being on for it, they really are a good team. Um, and we'll see as the season rolls on uh, how, you know, if they can get Grant Brandeman back, if they can, you know, get back on track once when they get into, you know, Patriot League uh, play. But uh, an impressive win for Maine, definitely uh, after a, a hard week last week against, uh, oh, who did they play last week? Had a hard week. They lost to Towson. That's right. They lost to Towson. Now they're going to play Nova next week. So, uh, really kind of a, a, a good one for them. Um, the next one out of the Ohio Valley was Murray State versus Moorhead. I wanted to see, you know, I, I had said at the beginning of the year, I'm impressed with this Murray State, you know, football team. I had uh, head coach Mitch Stewart on uh, the podcast, and I was, I wasn't that I was worried that they weren't going to perform. I actually really was. Uh, I thought that they were going to hopefully get the win. 
and uh, they did. And I, I thought it would be a little bit closer, but they absolutely blew out Moorhead State. They looked great. Uh, I know Moorhead State has struggled in years past, but you know, 50-97, that was an absolute beatdown. Uh, congratulations to the Murray State Racers. Uh, we're going to see what they can do in the Ohio Valley play. I mean, there's a lot of parity in that conference right now. Uh, Jacksonville State looks like they have a little bit of weakness that they've you know never really showed. Uh, UT Martin still looks good, in my opinion. Uh, and you have Eastern Kentucky, who is a really good team. So as we're going forward, we're going to be watching these teams. I think that Murray State, though, they could be uh, hopefully getting uh, one of those bids to get into the college football playoff because this is a really good team. I like their quarterback, Preston Rice. Uh, I hope that uh, they get that national media attention that they deserve. Uh, the next one was out of the Missouri Valley was Illinois State against NAU. And uh, Illinois State ended up pulling away 40-27, to 27, but they were losing, I believe, at halftime. Uh a couple of errors towards the end, and you ended up losing. It was a tough game, uh, kind of a trap game. It had me convinced why I have Illinois State as high as I do. I mean, I've listened to a lot of people just because I don't know a lot about Illinois State. Um, I'm like, okay, well, you know, these guys, they you know, watch these games. I don't have, I haven't been able to watch them yet this year, like watch an actual physical game. Uh, and I go, okay, well, I want to trust that, you know, they're the 11th team in the nation. I'm not going to put a team that I know and that I've talked about up there if I don't know. And, uh, but anyway, I was really impressed with that, with, with Illinois State and the Redbirds. Uh, they're definitely going to be, you know, poised to, to make a run through the Missouri Valley uh, this upcoming year. And I am ready to watch them. And, uh, cheer them on from St. George. And my team actually plays them next year, Dixie State. Uh, we're going to be on the road in Illinois, so kind of a fun game. Uh, next up is the big sky, Montana versus Monmouth. It was close. Uh, again, Montana uh, in the second half really comes alive, and that is definitely going to prove true as we get into big sky football play and what they can do. Uh, next week, they take on UC Davis, and uh, UC Davis had a tough game this week. Uh, basically, just you know, get ahead, get so far ahead that, that Montana Montana can't come back, but this Montana football team, they're good. Oh, we'll see how they fare against the likes of Weaver State, Montana State, uh, UC Davis, Eastern Washington. But as of right now, they are really looking good. They're a top 15 team in the nation. Uh, and then finally, out of the Big South, we have Campbell versus Davidson. Uh, Campbell ended up, I mean, I honestly, I honestly almost walked away from the from the the tv uh i had that game on i was watching it and i was like oh man they just they just scored davis just scored they went for two you know it they're going to lose by one what a heartbreak and i went i actually went in the shower and uh, my phone went off and it said you know cam the fighting camels defeat uh davidson uh, last second field goal, 31-29, and I went crazy. I was so happy. I was like, man, that is such a good win for that coaching staff. We also had Campbell on the on the podcast. Uh, we talked to them a little bit about uh, about you know this season. Uh, I really am convinced this is a good team. I really want to see them play against Kennesaw State now. Uh, I was... I, I believe I had Campbell at third. Uh, I had a, it went uh, Kennesaw State, Monmouth, and then Campbell. And I honestly think that uh, Campbell could could be playing a really really good team. Honestly, uh, and they could beat. They're playing good teams, and they can beat. Uh, 
they can beat Kennesaw State. That would be a signature win. They take on Mercer this week. Uh, the Davidson has the number one total defense in the nation at the time, so they're able to get the win. Congratulations to them. So, uh, and then finally, the North Davis, or not North Davis, good heavens, North Dakota State against UC Davis. Uh, Jig Mayer, uh, I guess, you know, they had two interceptions in the fourth quarter that proved pivotal t- t- towards the end of the game. Honestly, uh, you know, North Dakota State was in charge of the game, but not very much. I really liked what UC Davis showed. I still really like uh, Jig Mayer, and it was a good game to show that. North Dakota State isn't just going to run through everybody this year. Um, you know, I, I look at it and I'm like, I really wanted to see UC Davis win. Uh, but, you know, it was a tough task to go on the road to the Fargo Dome and and win in, in that kind of a hostile environment. Uh, we'll see what comes out of it. I think that UC Davis is still an extremely talented team. They played well against a Cal team that right now is the only undefeated team in the Pac-12. And they played North Dakota State. Those are your losses. Now they take on Montana this week at home. I think that they'll get the win there. And uh, really kind of an interesting dynamic out there in, in, in Davis, California. I really still think this team is a top five team, uh, especially after this week. They will, if they can win this game, they're going to be solidified in that top five probably throughout the rest of the year. Uh, we'll see. Obviously, uh, Eastern Washington struggled losing to Idaho, so we don't really know what that all entails if, you know, if they're going to struggle throughout the year. That was just a bad game for them. Uh, but right now, I, I said out of the first year, UC Davis is going to win the conference, and I had Weaver State at number two. Uh, both those teams both look really, really good. We'll know a little bit more about what we were saying going forward. So this has been Get the Ball Rolling on a Monday, talking about the last uh, week in college football. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, let me know questions that you guys have. Uh, if you want me to go in depth, teams you want me to cover, um, FBS and FCS wise, and Shout out to all my listeners, uh, both here in the United States and the international ones. We picked up a couple more. So thank you guys for listening and participating in Get the Ball Rolling. Uh, I hope you guys have a wonderful week until, I guess I could say, I say, you know, until next time, but until Wednesday, keep the ball rolling and uh, we'll, we'll talk to you then. Have a great week.